Hello, everybody, and welcome back to episode eight of the Nichols College Esports Podcast, featuring your hosts, Tim Doty, Stephen Lockwood, and Brendan Drake. Today we have a uh, an episode that Steve and I were kind of conjuring up in our room. It's more like Steve was kind of the brainchild of this idea, I guess. I was just talking with some friends on Discord, and then Steve is like, oh, we should do this idea. I think he actually said it to me earlier in the day, and I just didn't really... I don't think you heard it at all. I yeah. think you were just focused on something else. But um, Yeah, I was focusing on getting wrecked in Battlefront. Mm, that's true. Um, no, actually, I did have a really good game in Battlefront. I think I went like 91 and 33. The game went on for 35 minutes, Brendan. Yeah, it was so long. It was incredible. It was probably the greatest Battlefront game I've ever played. But going off that topic, I was thinking while watching him play Battlefront, actually, um, I was looking at it and I was like, this would honestly be a pretty good esports game, I feel like, if they create it in a different format, uh, a little bit better. So what that got me thinking was, what is in a uh, game currently, right now, that you like or think would be good to become an esports game that's not already? Even if it is, but it's not that big, Like, what is your ideas for like the next coming of esports games? Yeah, I think Steve and I were up... We're fairly late, and we I even had my friends on Discord give us some ideas about this, um, but I don't really think they gave me any ideas other than just listing off games that I didn't really think that would have worked. But, um, yeah, we were up until, like, midnight thinking of these ideas of this freaking people above us. Steve was getting pretty frustrated. He was trying let's, to, he was let's trying not to talk sleep. about it. He was trying to sleep, and the, the people above us are, like, literally jumping. It's not like they were, like, jumping off their beds. And landing on the floor, like, with concrete cinder blocks on their feet. They were moving dressers and jumping off stuff, and I I don't know. Like, moving furniture at, like, 11.45. Like, what are you doing? It continued until, like, 12.15. It was bad. It was bad. Steven was getting frustrated. What building are you guys in? Copper. You have to explain the numbers, Steve. There's two of them. I know, but I think it's just a I, I general sense. Okay. But back to what we were talking Our about. Our idea. So what we were talking about is I have a few different ideas, and I think they're fairly interesting. I think they could definitely work. First one, this one, we, when Steve and I were coming up with the idea, we spoke on it extensively, is Pokemon esports. And I think one of my friends said that there actually is like a Pokemon esport already, but it's like very like niche. Um, but I have a few ideas. So, for Pokemon esports, it can either be 1v1 or 2v2. So, Brendan, I know you don't play Pokemon. But in the game, you can either just do a one-on-one battle or you can do like a 2v2 battle. And then for the 2v2 battle, you can like choose which Pokemon you want to hit. So, it's not just like randomized. And um, for the esport, like all types are involved. So, you can use any of the, the types that they are. And uh, teams can select different types to like fit their play style so like for example a team if they don't really want to go with like a ghost pokemon in their lineup they can instead opt to not use a ghost at all in their lineup and use a rock but like the other team doesn't like get to pick like i guess i feel like they kind of have to know because that would only be a way it works because with the pools of types well the thing is if you're doing it bracket style it, what the idea is is a draft style, most like 
any other normal sort of like games, sort like uh, NBA drafting, fantasy drafts, or anything like that. Um, so you get to pick whichever um, type you want, and going from there, it's just what you think works best. And you're only allowed one type. That's our idea. Is just one type only of, uh, say, dragon. You're only allowed one of that. So you have to pick fire or whatever else. And from there, when you go and use them, we were also thinking the universal one uh, to sort of make things a little bit easier and better is either banning a type or banning a certain Pokemon. So let's say it's like legendary or whatever, you want to ban that certain legendary. Well, the legendaries wouldn't be involved. Well, that's automatic. Yeah. But, but that's but just like, a For example, idea. like if you want to, because Gengar is good against quite a few different Pokemon because if you can like put a Pokemon because if Gengar has high speed I, I'm getting really in depth here Brendan so for example like Gengar typically has really high speed if he's a high level so he'll automatically attack first and you can like put a Pokemon to sleep and then he has this move called Dream Eater where he it's literally like one hit dead and you can't even do anything because your other Pokemon's asleep so you can like ban Gengar from the game to avoid just that completely Okay, yeah, so I'm really glad you clarified that because when you said um, Pokemon esports, I was thinking competitive, catching them. Oh, no, 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 I was was like, how is that going to work? That makes a lot more sense. Yes, battles, yeah. So this is battles only. Um, But it's it's really interesting, and I think this could be like a great idea because it's like, I think in all esports, ban and protect, you'll see a pattern here for my esports ideas. Ban and protects are king like of esports that whole idea like when when uh black ops 3 had the ban and protect system that was the best year for cod esports i feel it was that that was the year and like so what it is is like there's a pool of pokemon and it's basically you can choose whichever one you want i mean i'm assuming i feel like all of them should be the highest level they can be most likely yeah and i think because the nature of the pokemon depends on how high the speed or like because for nature it's it affects two different attributes so one will develop slower but in return another one will develop faster so i feel like it would just have to be normal but then again that would just make it so every pokemon is the same and that wouldn't really work i think it would just have like a basic um you can pick the nature you want it to have and it shows all the stats mm-hmm. but that's like that would take a lot I'm going really in depth. I, honestly, we're doing because Nintendo's I, work right now. It's because I genuinely <laughs> think this could be a great idea. Honestly, like allowing people, but I feel like you'd ha- you kind of have to find a way to. That'd be a lot of Pokemon, though. What what I'm what I'm thinking is Nintendo. If they were to do this actual competition, is they have a certain Pokemon with a certain nature, which I didn't know that was a thing because I don't have that. I don't have Sword or Shield right now. Um, they would make the standards for each, and you would have to pick per se on what they make it. Ooh, kind yeah, of like a dedicated like roster. Yeah, so so yeah. no one has any, you know, it's just a basic format. Everyone's sort of it's a free for all on which one you get uh, in the draft style. Okay, yeah. So this is what I was thinking. Uh, coming off of that, just kind of put this in the context. So in Sword and Shield right now, Cinderace. He's a little rabbit. He starts out a score bunny. I chose him for my, uh, my starter. Um, yeah, so Cinderace typically is really fast. 
Like right now, I think mine's like a level 75 or something like that. And it speeds like in the 220s. And that's because I have the nature on him to make his speed develop higher than his other attributes. So why not in the pool, you can choose a Cinderace that has like enhanced speed, but his defense is lower. Whereas if you want to choose like a Charizard who has increased special defense, but something else is lower. So it kind of evens out. Like if you want to, if you want to go for like defense wise and you don't want to attack first sometimes because you think you can find a way to manipulate that, then that would be perfect. But I think it's just trying to find the balance of which Pokemon you know is going to be like quicker than another and trying to just counteract that. Yeah, it, it's sort of just whatever your way of playing is. Yeah, but the way I was thinking, like that would just take like a lot of catching a Pokemon. Like I don't think you can find a way to like rig the system to where like you can just automatically choose the nature of a Pokemon unless they find a way to well, like. What I'm what I'm saying is have like a different mode per se. Like it, if this is an updated future game or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're creating it for esports, they can rig it so that there is a selection of Pokemon and this is the selection for the fantasy draft. Ooh, you can kinda like oh you can kinda like for the esports, you can create your own Pokemon like from scratch. Like, okay, okay. So I'm getting really in depth. All right, so are we just gonna go one episode just on Pokemon? <laughs> no, how how long have we been talking about in this? About ten minutes. Okay, so we'll we'll wrap this up soon. Um so what I was thinking like for that is like say you have a Charizard basically. That's it. You can pick the moves you want for him right away. And then you can pick the nature and what I, and I feel like all the Pokémon would have to be level 100. Just base level 100 for everyone. And then you pick the nature and the levels automatically 100 like I said. And then you can pick the moves that he has. So everybody's would kind of, I feel like everybody's would be different in a way. I don't, I don't know, but I think that could be. It's whatever anyone's feeling is like which moves work the best for them on which Pokemon. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that idea. Nintendo, I might, I might take a clip of this and send it to them. Because uh, honestly, but maybe they'd hire me. There you go. I would have to move to Japan though. I'm sure there's something here. Do you think so? Nintendo America is that a thing? I don't think they make there's the game. There's gotta be something. Yeah, there's gotta be a things. main like campus here, but uh, maybe. But why not move not to Japan? Here. J- Japan's nice. Uh, What's wrong with Japan? Japan is nice, but I don't know the language. That's true. Um, <laughs> yeah, what, were you, so. what were you gonna say about Japan? Next subject. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. Next topic. Civ Five. For those of you that don't know, Civilization Five. It's basically a strategy game where. You start out in the ancient era, and you slowly move up to the classical era, medieval era. Like I get all these in a row right now. Industrial era, um, atomic, I think is the next one, and then like information era. It's quite a few eras. I have about two hundred and fifty hours in that game. So, and have you ever played Civ Five? No. So, I know you said you've played Medieval too. Um, Civ Five is kind of like a dumbed down version of that game. Gotcha. And you can kind of pick the map. You can pick like um, island map, or you can pick a continent where it's just like a random continent. And then you can also pick like Earth. So what I was thinking for an eSport 
is that you have the biggest map it can be, and then you have 12 different players for like a team or whatever. And they have civilizations. There's 12 civilizations that are all different, and they all spread up across the map. And there's like different city-states where you can kind of take them over if you want, and you get more money based on how you do that and less happiness and all that. And what I was thinking, ban and protect. Like I said, there's a system here. Ban and protect is the way to go. People can ban certain civs that they think are overpowered. Like, for example, I know in Civ Five, um, the Korean Empire, that civilization has like increased science. And science is kind of like, if you have high science in the game, you're going to be a power because you can um, get research done faster and you move up the, the different eras and you move in different eras quicker. So people can ban Korea if they don't want to have a lot of um, people like wanting like high science and they want to kind of try and keep the science contained. So how would you compete? So would it would it be like whoever reaches the last era first? It's, yeah. So different ways you can win the game are a science victory, time victory. They wouldn't do that in esports though because that's stupid. It would just be like we reach a certain year and whoever has the highest score. But I don't like that. Um, there's also like diplomatic victory or culture victory where it's like your culture kind of takes over everybody and you win um, and different stuff like that. So I think it's – oh, there's also domination victory where you take over everybody's empire, but that's probably the hardest one. Uh, maybe not. I don't know. I haven't played it in a while. But I think that's a good idea because it definitely is a different kind of eSport. It's not like the typical like – Oh, I have quicker reactions or whatever. Like, um, more it's of just a laid back. Yeah, it's more of a laid back thing, and it's more strategic. Like, you can choose like because different civs have different uh, special qualities that come with them. Like, uh, like like I said, Korea has increased science based on how many cities you have. Or Germany, when you take over a barbarian camp, it adds one unit to your army. So there's different ways, and like different civs are essential to basically different, um, like different ways of winning. Like you can't, like I, I mean I don't really know if you can't, but like for Brazil, you get tourism based on however many cities you have, and you shouldn't really go for like a domination victory with Brazil just because their special abilities don't fit that play style. So it's different, and you can go for different ways of winning. Steve, what do you think? It's in a way like StarCraft. I don't know much about StarCraft, but from what I've heard, it's you know it's a real-time strategy game. Um, it's an interesting concept. I like that it's a different type of game. It, it's not saturating the market. like uh, it, It's making it more widespread out and different. Um, it's a differentiation sort of game. Yeah. I, I like it in a sense. I don't know how many people will actually like it but yeah. i think it is a good idea to change um and have more genres of esports the games are very long that's the only thing like maybe they would have to settle like i don't know like, like speed how. up the and like the well there's rate. different ways you can play yeah so right, yeah. so when you set up the game you can go like quick regular or marathon games where, like, quick games, you research stuff faster, you produce stuff faster, and it just speeds up the game a little bit. But at the same time, like, even those games, like, they could take, like, a long time. Like, almost a day, honestly. 
so like I don't really know how that would work. Like you'd have to section it off. When like when when every sieve reaches a certain era, that's when it stops. I don't know. I like I don't because sieves enter eras at different times. So it's all based on what the game developer wants to do if they want to make it into a esport or not. Yeah, which I mean, just putting that idea out there. I don't really know if it have much traction, but you never know. Um, the third idea, Mario Kart. I feel like. Mario Kart already has an eSport somewhere out there. Or a competitive Mario Kart. Like, Nichols had competitive Mario Kart. Like, you could show up and play Mario Kart and you win, like, Bison Bucks or something. Was that a pub night or something like that? No, I think it was... I remember seeing it last year somewhere. It was, like, uh, in the REM common room all the way downstairs. Uh, They played Mario Kart down there and you won, like, Bison Bucks or whatever. I don't know. I think so far, I think Mario Kart is probably the most marketable thing. You don't think Pokemon is? Well, okay. So I think it'd be hard to market a Pokemon esports. I think Mario Kart, people would understand, okay, it's a racing game. People win, people lose. With Pokemon, I feel like a lot of people think about Pokemon because of Pokemon Go. They think, like I did. Mm, They think flicking. Yeah. And you'd have to go into more explanation. But I, I, I think right off the cuff, you just throw out Mario Kart esports. People are like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, how do you think that would work? Like, what are your thoughts on Mario Kart esports? Because I feel like the the carts. I mean, granted, in Mario Kart Eight, you're allowed to kind of choose based on you want more traction or more speed. Like, how do you think that affects? I mean, I think like that's just a personal preference. Like, I'm sure there's a lot of people that race better with motorcycles. Probably not. I mean, I I don't never I never use motorcycles. Ever, yeah. No. So I think they're stupid. But I have a friend that races motorcycles, and he beats me every single race. So there you go. I mean, hey, I don't know. It it all depends. Personal preference. Yeah, but like, there's also ones that have like really low speed or really high speed. Like, there's definitely going to be a meta, right? And I think ultimately, the meta is going to affect. Like, it's just going to be like for Formula One esports right now. The the cars all have the same engine, so it's kind of just like. Everybody is at a certain skill level, mm-hmm. and the way it works is like everybody is just like a train the entire map, like the entire track, because everybody's relatively the same. Right. So you're not really losing much time to the car in front of you or whatnot, and I feel like that might just be the same thing. But yeah, they again, can definitely do that. Yeah, but I think just like the vari- the variability of Mario Kart with all the different special power ups and stuff, like obviously you can't throw a red shell at a car in Formula One. <laughs> esports but you can do it in mario kart and i think that's just like i think there's definitely a strategy to using bananas or shells or something like that and i think that's just a cool way steve what do you think yeah i i like the idea we were talking about it and um mario kart's a very very widespread known game just like pokemon um nintendo smashing it out of the field with those uh it's definitely very very interesting um mario kart it fits. Like Formula One, it fits. Mario Kart fits. And it's a game that everyone plays at home if they have the ability to. And it can definitely get very competitive. I've seen people rage like crazy for it. And honestly, when you see people rage, you know it's competitive. So it's it's something that can definitely jump. Make that jump. Yeah. Um, I think like the one thing that is going to hurt the game is like, I mean, but then again, it all comes down to the strategy because, like, 
the way Mario Kart works right like right now, it's like the second place person, it's automatic red shell. Like I've had many races before against my friend where I'll be in first place and he'll be behind me and he gets like three red shells. I'm like, dude, what the hell? Like, and I guess that's just because, and then like in first place, you always get a coin. So it's like, what's the point? That, I can't even defend uh, I mean, myself. Yeah, that could be that could be like a strategy. Like in first place, you get a three bananas five minutes ago. Do you save them? That's the thing. But then again, like the three bananas that spin around you, they sometimes don't even protect against yeah. shells. So I don't, I don't get it. It's all a um, strategy. Yeah, but I guess then that's what I was saying. Like that's why I prefaced this with like it's all strategy. But at the same time, like if that person behind you gets three red shells and you get and you hit the box of the two boxes and you get a green shell and a coin. Oh, cool. He throws one red shell. Oh, there goes my green shell. And now all I have is a coin and I'm screwed and I'm going to come in second. Well, I, that would just be for the case of esports. Maybe they change the algorithm. But again, again, that's changing the whole game. And I, I don't know. I'm playing devil's advocate with my own ideas here. Um, it's interesting. Besides Pokemon, you, you're. Oh, I'm full. <laughs> Full board Pokemon. Full send. Also, um, I chose to include ban and protect tracks. People can ban tracks if they don't like it. Yeah. Or they can protect tracks Rainbow if they... Road. Yeah. People would ban... I, I feel like some, some psycho out there would protect Rainbow Road. Strategy. Maybe he's really yeah. good. At, Maybe know? he's just I mean... a beast at Rainbow Road, and he protects Rainbow Road right off the rip. There you go. And then... I mean, but then again, if, I feel like if you're a Mario Kart, I think you should be good at pro. Every track. You're good at every track. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think it's a cool idea to ban and protect tracks. I like the idea of like what I said, ban and protect is the way to go, because it it's a it's another layer of strategy. Yeah. Like for Counter Strike, you can you can ban maps and protect maps. So it's kind of like it's kind of fitting to your play style. Like if you know you're good on a certain map and you know that you're like. You know everything about that map, and you're like the best at that map. Uh-huh. Protect that map or pick it. You know, it's just a different layer of strategy that a lot of other games need to capitalize on. Um, my next game is N Plus for all you Xbox OGs out there. N Plus is like this. You're like a little running ninja. I was trying to explain this game to Brendan before we hit record. Um, it's like a, you're like a little ninja, and there's different like guns and rockets that are trying to shoot you, and you basically you just have to run around, and whoever's the last person alive wins that round. And there's different maps you can choose. Like people have created maps for this game, and you can like do all different kinds of different little things. And um, there's like homing missiles that will follow you around. You gotta try to avoid them. You can run up walls. You can do backflips, front flips over stuff. It's really cool. But I think, like, that game would have to be played on, like, PC. Because the controller, it gets a little clunky. But for, like, PC players, like, you see these people like, going crazy on their keyboard trying to play this game. And I think it would be really cool. Um, I know both of you have no idea what this game is. I mean, okay, so I, I kind of, I asked you if it was compared, like, if it was similar to Stick Fight. And you, you said, yeah, kind of similar. And, I mean, I could definitely see it if it's any similar to that, but with, like, CPU controlled guns and rockets that are shooting you. I think that'd be, that could definitely be yeah, some it's type computer, of. It's automated. Yeah. Almost like Smash, but without other people fighting you, the CPU is fighting you. Kinda. It's, yeah. Like, but you, like not the, at, the little ninjas aren't fighting one another. 
Right. So they're all just running around, and it's just mayhem. I think it's cool. Um, when I was talking to my friends about it yesterday, my friend said, yeah, I was going to say that, but I didn't really think it was going to be a good idea. And then I said it, and I think it, it might work. Um, the next one is Medieval 2 Esports. It's just Civ Five on steroids. Um, Brandon and I have played this game before. I mean, I wouldn't say played. I played like an hour and a half. Okay, well, you know the game. Yeah, very vaguely. No shot. Okay. Um, so I'm not really going to get into Medieval 2 because it's just watch a video on it, I guess. Like it's just it's, exactly what we said with Civ Five. Yeah, except I'm basically on steroids. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of stuff you got to manage. It's basically a strategy game. And there's different civilizations that have special units, better units than another. Like uh, one faction could have a better cavalry, but really poor infantrymen. So you just kind of have to play to that play style. It's kind of the same thing as Civ Five, but a uh, Civ Five is a dumbed down version of that game, basically. Um, the next one, Star Wars Battlefront. Steve came up with this idea yesterday. I know he's got a lot to talk about with this one. I don't know if it's that much, but so obviously people that play Battlefront, they we know that it's not really gauged towards esports right now. It's just a giant free for all, just like uh, you know, like a battlefield or something like that. And there's a lot of people that are in the game. And also it took very, very long for you to finish that game. So I was thinking more of a five V five or six V six, whatever it is, whatever number, just a very more just even playing field, close knit numbers and having people just go at it 5v5 sort of like an overwatch type in that way um picking your characters uh i don't know what your guys thoughts on that i mean i i like that idea and you mentioned battlefield i think that opens up if you can do a battlefront i think you could do a battlefield not necessarily on that scale like maybe so it's like it's 64v64 or 32v32 um in battlefront it's i think it's a range of 10 to 20 10 to 20 all right and then battlefield's just scaled up from there yeah battlefield's like 64 people on the map right um battlefront is more i think it's 40 is the max so i'm thinking like um like you have a i don't know five or six person team that are all being controlled by actual people and then you have the rest filled up with bots so then you have those people playing the objective, and then you have to kill the bots, or you have to outplay, I don't know. Yeah, so in Battlefront, this is actually like a newer mode that I didn't realize was in the game, because um, I hadn't played it in a while. I just recently started playing it, because I guess Xbox was giving out EA Plus, or EA Access for free for a month, so I was like, huh? cool. I thought I, had, I thought I bought Battlefront, but I guess I didn't. It sucks, but I'll end up paying for the EA Access just to play it. Um, so in the game, there's this game mode called Capital Supremacy, and there's bots as well as real people. So I think that's why my eliminations was a bit inflated yesterday, because the bots are like super easy to kill. I mean, not super easy. You still got to shoot them. You still got to be accurate, and they can kill you. So that is a, a layer of something, because it's just a massive map, basically just spanning over. And it's like domination, kind of. Or I forget what the name the name of the mode is, where there's like five objectives. Conquest. It's, yes, conquest and battlefield. It's it's kind of like uh, ground war is right now. Yeah. Um. And the way it works is, if you have the majority of the flags, 
you get more reinforcements. And then once your reinforcements percentage reaches 100%, you then go to the enemy's ship in the sky and you fight in like a different part of the map and do a bunch of different things. And the reason why my game took so long yesterday was because we won on the ground map. But when we got to the ship, they beat us. So we had to get sent down back to the planet and do the whole thing over again and then go back up to the ship and then we finally won. And that's why it took so long because it was basically like I played two games. Because right. the way it worked is like once we got sent back down to the planet, their percentage of however many reinforcements was double ours already. Like we were at 0% and they were at 50 So then we ended up coming all the way back from 50% down from zero and we got all the way back up to 100 and then we went back up there and we won. So I think that game mode can work for esports, but it would have to be scaled down a little bit. Yeah, I think um, maybe three objectives. So it's kind of like domination and it's a smaller map. And then you go up to the ship and try and do something. I think that could work. Um, just the maps would have to be smaller, basically. Yeah, I, I think it could definitely work. It, it's, a, it, again, an interesting idea that broadens, broadens the field. And, you know, I've gotten on the Star Wars kick a little bit lately, watching all the movies and playing Fallen Order. So it just popped into my head when I was w watching him play. And I was like, this could actually be potentially a really cool idea for esports. I think it's a great idea. But I think like the one thing, like you, like you said, Battlefield right now isn't really catering for an esports realm. So I think because the way you have like the battle cards basically and then you can upgrade them, but you can spend money to upgrade them. So that's the thing that kind of is the kicker. It is Actually, no, wait. I think now you have to be a certain level to upgrade the card. So I don't really know if it's pay to win right now. You just have to play the game and get to a, a level for a class. That's good. And then you get to a yeah, certain level. But then if you don't have like skill points to do it, you can spend money to get skill points and upgrade the card. So. I think that could be a good idea. I like it. Yeah. Um, so I like Star Wars. I like playing Battlefront, and I think that game mode would be great for it. But then again, you'd have to get more game modes. Yeah. Um, there's other ones, like there's this one called like Blast, which is really, really just Team Deathmatch, but that wouldn't really... I feel like game, Team Deathmatch type modes don't really work for esports. No, yeah. So there's not really an objective, except just to eliminate the other team. Right. Um, there's one called Blast. Oh, wait, I just said Blast. My bad. Um, extraction? I forget. I don't know. I, but I, it could work. They right. need to come up with different game modes that work for it. And then maybe, yeah. Um, and the final one, Doritos Crash Course. Shout out to the Xbox OGs again. Xbox 360 game. Um, if you know this game, you are the OG. Because this game came out when the, was actually, came with the Xbox 360 when it came out. So what it is, is... There's like certain maps and there's different areas where you can run and jump and slide. And then if you, it's kind of like one of those games where you're right on like, you're on like the left side of the screen and then the map moves, but you're also running. So it kind of is just like a, a side scroller type thing. Okay. And it goes up and down and there's like different hammers that are swinging and trying to hit you. It's kind of like an Olympic type feel almost. And then you're timed and whoever can do the, the um, course the quickest wins the uh, the round, and then you go into the next round. And I think it's it's cool. I think it's a good idea. It's a cool idea. Yeah, definitely a little bit more simplistic. Yeah, the the skill ceiling is not that high. Kind of like a uh, 
a Google Chrome no internet dinosaur game. You know about that? No. When you don't have internet and it says no internet and you have the dinosaur? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You click yeah, space. You the game, yeah, yeah. yeah um, kind of like that. Um, but I, like I said, the skill ceiling is kind of low. Yeah. There's, a, there's definitely a ceiling to how good you can get at the game. Like, I feel like I, I wouldn't say, like, I kind of want to go through all these games and talk about, like, the skill ceiling for them. I feel like the only two that really have a skill ceiling is N Plus and Doritos Crash Course, honestly. Like, Pokemon doesn't really have a skill ceiling because that's a strategy game. Uh, Civ Five strategy game. Mario Kart maybe have a, has a skill ceiling. To an extent. I mean... Yeah. That's, that's just... There's also a lot of RG in it. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of luck-based stuff with whatever box you pull. Yeah, Medieval 2, strategy, and then Battlefront, no. You can always be better at that game. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, th- I do want to go back to the Battlefront one. The way that it works now, which is the reason why it doesn't cater to esports, is because there's these things called battle points, and you earn them based on how well you do in your life. And then if you have, like, say, if you have 4,000 battle points, like, a good life is probably, like, 1,500 battle points. You can use, like, a hero, right? Yep, and you can use a hero. And if there's a max number in play, then you can't use them, obviously. But that system of battle points needs to go. Because... You can't allow... I think in esports, you can't allow someone to be a hero. Unless it's all of them are heroes. Yes, like heroes and villains. That could be a good mode. Um, um, one point that I have to interject with that uh, is the idea of League of Legends has an upgrading system like that. So why, It's not why? really an upgrade system, per se. I think you can't allow someone to be a hero. And have other people not. Yes. And because the heroes destroy... The regular people. Yeah. I think um, there's different classes. Like there's an infiltrator class and a jet class and stuff like that. Where those, I think, would be acceptable. But no vehicles, no like, like ATSTs or stuff like that. Don't use those. Just like the, the other classes. Like there's one, it's called like, it's like the infiltrator, the infiltrating trooper or something like that. One that's really cool. And it has a dual pistols. And it's really good. But it's not like so good to where a you can just destroy another person. Like they they can definitely still kill you, but they have a little bit more health. And I think like depending on how well you play, you have a certain number of battle points you can use to use that character, which I think could work. I almost think that with the battlefront, I think heroes versus villains would be like the main esports mode, just because it's it's easier for like a ban and protect system. So, like, you could ban Darth Vader. I don't know if, if Darth Vader is good or whatever. I'd ban Darth Maul immediately. <laughs> but, like, I feel like um, if you just do the regular map, it'd be more like a Call of Duty kind of situation. It'd be, like, yep, typical, typical. And then, But you have this unique system where you have these heroes and these villains, and you could, you could use those. Yeah, I like that idea. I think it's um, something. We have a lot of good ideas here. Yeah. Brandon, you were talking about... MLB or any other yeah. sports games coming on too? Because MLB is the only major sports organization in the U.S. that does not have an esports presence. Madden does? Yeah. Really? We talked about that yesterday. I, I just like feel like I don't see it enough yeah, to know no that it's a thing. gives a crap about Madden. <laughs> but like MLB The Show, I don't know if anybody that's listening right now has played it, but I feel like that has a great opportunity for an esports 
Do you think there's a skill ceiling? Oh, God, no. Really? Yeah, no, not at all. Why, why do you think? It's like, okay, so uh, there's a thing called the PCI, which is a little yellow circle, which is where your bat is going to go. In yeah, the zone. I've played, I've played that yeah. on the show before. Yeah, so like you got to be able to place that perfectly to get a hit. And when you get up upper in difficulties, that shrinks and the ball comes in faster. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, I used to play on whatever the easiest one was. Veteran I played on. Rookie's the easiest. Veteran's second. I played on veteran. Yeah. Yeah, so my friends and I played on. Um, For that, would it just be the basic lineups, or would it be a fantasy draft? That's that's another situation. Um, So, like, you could do it where you have the current Astros or the current Yankees, blah, blah, blah. I think if you went with, like, a Diamond Dynasty kind of deal and you had, like, the quote-unquote God Squad, it'd be a little unfair because it'd depend on who you have on your team. But that would also open up for, well, this player plays better with this card and he has him on his team rather than the actual lineups. So it'd be kind of, I think we'd base it more off of like current sports games like 2K and Madden. I don't know what they use current rosters. Um, For NBA, currently at the college level, it's a 1v1 on the basic teams like uh, the Celtics, OKC Thunder. Um, But. For the major league, quote unquote major league, with the 2K actual league, it's their my player that they use. So that would be incredibly hard to do for MLB is have nine players playing at the same exact time in each position. That would be a big headache, I feel like. I don't know about you, but... Yeah, I don't know if that would work. I think it'd probably have to be more of a live roster, you control everybody. 1v1. Yeah. It'd be expensive. Yeah. Contracting all those players. Oh, yeah. I'm going to contract this guy to be a bullpen pitcher. A he DH, might not get, yeah. But he might not get in the game, but I still got to pay him because he's a player and he's sitting there and he's wasting his time sitting yeah. in the bullpen. So I'm, imagine, oh, my God. Imagine coming in, you're, you're, you're contracted to be a bullpen pitcher in the game and you go in for one batter. <laughs> oh, my God. Like that... Separate people would not work. No, no, not at all. Maybe two. No. No, not at no, all. I think just one. So. Just one. I mean, if anything, it would have to be every single position and whoever's the pitcher is the pitcher for every single pitcher. I think it just has to be one person. That's yeah, it. I think... It would be extremely tough to do everyone. Right, yeah. I think definitely one person controls everybody, kind of like it is now, and, and live rosters. Yeah, definitely. I think we had a good discussion, guys, on this. Um, Definitely a lot of cool ideas that uh, we could definitely see possibly happen. I think it's really cool. Um, so I think this was honestly like one of our, it's for me at least, the most fun podcast that we've had so far. Just throwing out ideas. Yeah, definitely. I think we need to do more pods like this. I mean, granted, ideas are running slim, but we will always have something for our listeners. There will always be cows in VR. Yeah, true. That we talked about that in the last episode. We'll keep you guys updated on Definitely that. Definitely refer back to the last episode and what Brendan just said because that is a, a very good idea. Episode seven, go check it out. We talked about cows and VR headsets and happiness. So from Steve, Tim, and Brendan, we'll see you next week. <laughs>